everybody, and welcome back to Coffee Connections Insights with Innovators. We're talking to nonprofit innovators in Atlanta, Georgia. My name is Seth Weiner, and I am your Rockshineer. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you, it's gorgeous outside. I'm look. I'm not looking here. I'm looking at this beautiful sky. All I want to do is go and run. I swear, I turn into Forrest Gump in the spring. I, I mean, whatever, you know? I mean, it's beautiful outside, and I go run. And I'm excited about it because it is gorgeous outside. And as you're thinking about outside, think about hosting your next event outdoors. People are getting vaccinated. Johnson & Johnson is making its way. And I'm not saying that it's time for everyone to get together, swap, spit, and do whatever. No, keep your social distance and, and be smart about things. But don't be fearful. Move forward when you're comfortable. Do a virtual event for your fundraiser. Do a hybrid event. Whatever is going to make your supporters comfortable and you comfortable. But don't give up on fundraising. Now's not the time. It's time to turn it on. Matter of fact, last weekend, I had the pleasure of hosting a fundraiser with the Jewish Community Center of Nashville, the Gordon JCC. Over 100 families were in attendance. It was all on Zoom. Uh, we had a little bit of an auction there, but it was a color war, and it went amazing. Um, everyone had a great time, and we raised a great amount of money and brought the community together and the feedback. Everyone had a really, really wonderful time. Um, so don't Zoom fatigue. That's a, there's no Zoom fatigue when you do your auction or your gallery or soiree, whatever it is. If you do it right, no fatigue. All right, but that's not why we're here today. We're here today for Coffee Connections, and we've got a great guest, uh, Gwyneth Johnson. Uh, she is the CEO of Second Wind Dreams. Um, she brings more than 10 years of experience with implement, uh, implementation of statewide programming for older adults with the Georgia State Unit on Aging. She also has more than 20 years working with health and wellness of an aging population. This includes experience working in long-term care facilities, which we know we're very, well, we'll get there. We're going to talk about that, folks. And, and also with community service providers. Uh, uh, she works across all programs with within Second Wind Dreams. And, uh, you know, listen, she empowers her staff to change the perception of aging. So it's a true pleasure uh, to welcome to the show Gwyneth here. Let me go ahead and get move this around here, move this around here. And now on the count of three, say hi to Gwyneth. One, two, three. Hi, Gwyneth. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, before we get into stuff, this is Coffee Connections. we got to have a little coffee talk, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Are you a coffee drinker? I have oh, she's got a me. mug. Let's take a look at that. Whoa. Does it's that change color? It... Tell me about it. So the TARDIS, when you put the hot water in, disappears from one side and appears on the other. Ooh. So yeah. I am a big Doctor Who fan. I could, I can't help myself. Who knew? You know who knew? An owl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Gwyneth, you like co uh, I, I take it you like coffee. I adore coffee. Absolutely. Now, based on... The organization. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. You like coffee that's well aged. I do, and I do uh, it. and roasted over time. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, uh, so do you prefer your coffee pressed, uh, like French press, or do you like a drip or a Krug or whatever they call it? What's your go-to? Um, I like a drip coffee maker. Although when I'm camping, there is nothing like a French press in the woods. Mm, this is this is true. I'm always uh, impressed 
I'm going to drop the puns. It happens. They're not always going to be good, but I'm feeling it today. I'm feeling funny. (laughs) Well, uh, Gwyneth, I'm going to go ahead and hand the mic over to you. Will you be so kind to tell everyone about Second Wind Dreams? It would be my pleasure. Uh, Second Wind Dreams is an organization that started nearly 25 years ago. Next year is our 25th anniversary. Uh, And it all started because our founder, P.K. Bevel, um, a geriatric psychologist, was working in a nursing home and was approached by 92-year-old twins who said, we really want an Elvis happy hour. And P.K. said, well, why not? And that why not spirit is really what drives Second Wind Dreams. PK went to the doctor. She found out who could have champagne, who couldn't. She found an Elvis impersonator and they had an Elvis happy hour. And that was the very first dream for Second Wind Dreams. Our mission here is to change the perception of aging. And that's critical because if we're lucky, we all get to age. And it should be a fabulous thing and not something that's feared or looked down upon. Now we do that through two programs primarily. Our dreams program, which was our initiating program, we fulfill dreams for older adults, particularly in long-term care uh, settings. And those are dreams from the simple to the sublime, we like to say. It could be something like skydiving, or it could be a video chat with a loved one that you haven't seen in a while. All of those things, we involve the community to do dream discovery so that those who reside around nursing homes, assisted livings, and other types of long-term care, there's a decreased stigma around the organization. They create relationships with the individuals who live there. And those who have the dreams granted find lower depression scores, as do the residents who live around them. It brings up the entire atmosphere of the long-term care setting. Now, our second program is the Virtual Dementia Tour. It is our flagship experiential dementia training, and it's designed to help those who care for individuals living with dementia better understand what it is like to live with mid-stage dementia. And that is important because the stats show many people in this country and around the world will have dementia. We can create a person-centered way of life for them and improve quality of life while destigmatizing living with dementia. Just because you have a diagnosis does not mean you are still not part of society and that you have wants and dreams. And actually with the dreams program, one of our favorite things to do is to grant dreams for our sleeping dreamers those who are living with dementia, who may not have had that kind of interaction in a while. So those are our primary programs. Um, We do some work that are ancillary to those, Um, but our goal is always to improve the perception of aging and the quality of life for our elders. That's beautiful. Now, I got to tell you, my dad's 85 and he's got, he doesn't have dementia. Excellent. His His brother does, who's 91. Now, my uncle Melvin, his brother, my dad jokes about it and says, you know, Uncle Melvin's got the life. I go, why is that, Dad? He goes, he can watch the same movie every day just like he's never seen it. <laughs> Absolutely. But, We've got to look at this from the, from the most positive perspective. And remember yeah. that if we engage with individuals with dementia, 
in a way that they can recognize. Uh, they're vital parts of society. Well, t talk a little bit about that because most people probably think of dementia as uh, almost like Alzheimer's, where you know these folks don't know who they are or don't remember, and it's not it's not always a it's a short term memory. Is it a long term memory? Is it always different? Like how do, how do, how does can you talk a little bit more about about their process there? Absolutely. Uh, so there are multiple kinds of dementia. They tend to have some things in common, um, and that would be some memory loss. Um, but also, as the brain changes throughout the process, it can mean um, difficulties communicating. It can mean um, loss of, of physical acuity. So as the brain changes, it may not be telling your hands how to operate a fork or things like that. Um, so what we try to focus on is as the brain changes, how do we create micro wins for the individual living with dementia throughout the day? How do we empower mm -hmm. them? And how do we focus on the abilities they still have? Um, part of that is understanding who they are and who they have been their entire lives. Being person-centered and being empathetically person-centered means that we really understand the individual. Um, you know, if, if someone lives in a nursing home and they worked as a night watchman, asking them to sleep at night may be something that is just outside reasonable scope. Um, a dear friend told me a story once about uh, a gentleman who was in that situation. The nursing home staff realized this and included um, walking around the nursing home to do checks in the evening, and the gentleman acclimated to um, his new setting. So really finding out who people are. Um, you know, if someone isn't able to use a fork any longer, and it may not be that they don't have the de dexterity, it may be that their brain isn't telling their hand how to do that anymore. Maybe switching to finger food so that they're still able to feed themselves. Mm -hmm. Autonomy is something that's very important to all of us. And if we remember that when we're working with older adults and individuals living with dementia, we improve the quality of their life greatly. Yeah, now it's it's always it was interesting to me when I know folks with dementia that get injured, so like say hip replacement, mm -hmm. they forget essentially that they had that surgery or and they don't know where they are, even though they've probably been in the rehab for a, you know weeks at a time, mm -hmm. and it, and it's and it's scary. It's a it's a scary thing because you know they're trying to get up and they're actually re-injuring themselves in the process of healing. Mm -hmm. um, so. So, but, but when you talk about, um, but it's an interesting point you bring up though, is to find, find similar, uh, not similarities, but find things that they would just be, uh, that are already habits to them and, uh -huh. and to embrace that, uh, and as a way of healing or a way of giving them comfort. So that, that's really interesting. I haven't thought of that. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the dreams though. Um, absolutely. What are some of the, well, let's start with what are some of the most creative or fun or just some of the dreams that, that you can share? You mentioned there, the Elvis one. The Elvis one is fantastic. And that's our first dream. Um, so it's always my favorite story. Um, we had a lady, um, I think it was in 2018, and all she wanted was to play with kittens. You'd think that would be the easiest thing in the world. Um, but it took a lot of planning. She needed a medical assistant to travel with her. 
And so we found that we found medical transport. And then we worked with a local um, animal shelter and she was able to go there and spend the day in the kitten room. And uh, she talks about it constantly. So mm -hmm. it made a huge difference. And um, it also brought some media attention to the animal shelter too. So we were oh, able to right, really yeah. combine things there. Um, we had a lady who really wanted to write a book. And so our staff worked with her and she has a book on Amazon now. Um, it is just a, a, a short work, but she is now a published author and that was a dream of hers. Um, and then we have things like heart and soul dreams. So during the pandemic, it's been really difficult to get face to face with people to do dream discovery, or if they want to do something outside of their residential site, how do we make that happen? It's been very difficult. Oh yeah. Um, but there are ways to fulfill dreams that aren't necessarily the big ones and still engage. So we have heart and soul dreams, which can be anything from art supplies to providing tablets so that, um, older adults can communicate with their families or uh, with each other. Um, Good luck tr training them how to use that, by the way. <laughs> that's been interesting, but the staff has been fantastic. And that's good. allowing for the communication is critical. Yeah. How many, how many, um, well, what, what's your reach? I mean, is it, are you working with uh, specific nursing homes? Is it, or you said, I don't say nursing homes, but uh, assisted living or old, elder communities, it's like a small uh, group or is it a very wide uh, like network? We are actually nationwide. Mm -hmm. um, so we reside here in the metro Atlanta area and um, our most concentrated reach is here. But we have dreams um, and dream members in California and Texas and um, Wisconsin. We, and we have partners. Uh, we have a great group in Kentucky. Um, oh, wow. that operates in Henry County, Kentucky through the extension service. And they just granted their 500th dream this year. Um, so it really is about um, the grassroots effort. We're facilitators, but we bring all the people together to make it happen and to make it happen everywhere we can. Mm -hmm. It's funny to talk to you today because I was talking to a friend as a musician who's now in her 40s and she was saying, gosh, you know, she was looking at like these videos of her playing when she was 20 and she's only in her forties, mm -hmm. not that old, but, but she's like saying, well, what did I, you know, I missed out on, I should have kept my dream of playing the way I was and I shouldn't have went in this direction. And I was like, you're in your forties. I mean, even, even in your eighties, it's not too late. If you want to pick up the guitar in your eighties and you never have, then pick it up. Like, yeah. you, just, you know, and so it's funny to talk to you because I think that, that, uh, you know, that, that, it's a very similar spirit there. Just it doesn't matter how old you are. You can still do it. It doesn't. And it's so good for us to pick up new things as we age. Um, every time we learn something new, we create new neural pathways. And the more we do that, the healthier our brain is. Um, so being adventurous every year of your life is a fantastic thing, not only for your spirit, but for your health. And, um, you know, I, I teach hula hooping for 40 plusers. Um, and we did it in senior centers. Um, I, I really want to encourage people to play and try new things and, and never let a number limit us. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially number one, because that's what we all are, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, these dreams, they cost money. How does Second Wind afford to 
to do this? Where does the where does the funding come for Second Wind? Well, we are, are very lucky. Um, mm-hmm. The virtual dementia tour helps to fund some of them. But we can also experience that at secondwind.org, right? We can experience it here, but we also have partners across the nation and around mm. um, the Atlanta area who provide the, the virtual dementia tour. Oh, wonderful. And we use it as a training me- method for in, in nursing homes um, so that the staff is offering the very best care possible. Mm-hmm. So we have some revenue that supports the dreams there, but we also have e-dreams. So if a dream comes up, we'll post it on our website and individuals can go and see which dreams are out there and fund a specific dream that's of interest to them. Hmm. We also have donors who provide regular monthly donations. Um, We apply for grants on a regular basis and work with foundations. So We've tried to really diversify how we support this so that we can be here as long as possible for our elders. That's great. Uh, I'm sorry. So with the with the don um, with with donations, whatnot, is it mm-hmm. collective for the entire country, or are you regionalized, or anything like that? So for the eDreams, we'll post a very specific dream, and mm-hmm. it is the funding goes exactly to that dream. Um, as we work with foundations, we may. Sp- um, work with a specific region in the country to make sure that those mm-hmm. things are, are funded um, based on the interest of that organization. Um, we work with partner groups that are interested, um, like our Henry County group in Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. In Atlanta, we have Jack and Jill Atlanta, which is a youth group, and they are funding dreams um, here in Atlanta for AG Roads. Oh, that's um, sweet. I can imagine the kiddos having a good time participating yeah, and the, in that you know, in the, some way. That intergenerational mixing is such a great thing. Oh, yeah. Um, So we find all different ways to do this. And if someone from a specific community comes to us with a desire to support or with a dream, we connect them to people in their own communities to fund and then we help them fundraise. Oh, that's great. So it's not so as an organization, all the fundraising is coming in to one place and going out. It's not, you know, your your New York branch or. No, we are here in, in, in Atlanta and everything comes in here and then we administer that. Um, it allows us to really stretch the mm-hmm. dollars to provide even more dreams than if each individual organization had to do so. And when you go and you do a dream in, in one location, does the, uh, the facility come to you and say, we, wanted, we want dreams for everyone? <laughs> Sometimes, yes. Um, Now, it does take time and energy to do dream discovery. So that will slow things down a little bit. Um, But we have dream memberships. So an organization Mm -hmm. may come to us and become a dreams member. And then we work with them throughout the year. The goal is granting a dream a month. Mm -hmm. I like that. Dream a month. Dream a month club. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So there, you know, there's that. uh, What's the dream? Um, there, you, gosh, there's little bottles just like uh, and the uh, five-hour energy drink, but it's the dream one. They should sponsor you all. Yes, Putting it should. out to the universe. Putting I will it have out to there. look them up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it. I'll send it to you. But gosh, that would be they – should, they should sponsor dreams. It just makes sense. Um, well, this is great. Uh, I, 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 I love what you all do. Uh, I love the energy behind it. And the um, where can someone – find the uh so with the dementia piece though if someone finds out that like their parent or their loved one uh has dementia 
you're, you would suggest that they they find that course that you talked about so they can they can experience uh, ways to uh, cope and deal. Well, and they're welcome to reach out to us. We can help connect them with someone in their area that's providing services. Um, and I always try to remember the entire aging network because mm -hmm. there's so many of us that do work to support aging and caregivers. Um, no one organization can do that alone. No, not at all. And that's another question I have is I'm wondering what some of the other organizations you might work with. I, I think uh, one that comes to mind, a, a recent guest, the uh, Jewish Family Services was one. That, and I'm wondering if there's any connection with, with them and you all, if you've ever done any work together. Absolutely. Actually, um, I was a, a keynote for them last year at one uh -huh. of their family events. And um, we have done the, the virtual dementia tour for them. Um, there's all different types of groups. So we work mm -hmm. with nursing home associations, assisted living associations, the individual groups um, leading age. And, but we also work with our area agencies on aging, those local community organizations that are in every single state um, that help people who are still living in the community to find the resources that they need and find what, what's specific to them. Um, they also support caregivers. So they're an important piece of the pie when we're talking about how to manage all of this. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to go back a little bit I mean, uh, to what a year ago, right? I mean, when COVID hit, it hit the nursing homes and the elderly community like just awful. We all know this, um, especially those in New York, but we're not going to go there. Here, uh, I'm curious to know, I, I imagine things changed so much. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you uh, dealt with the change when it came uh, and where things, you know, just kind of walk us through where things went and where they are and where they're going. Absolutely. So a lot of what we do is face to face and that changed immediately. Um, the virtual dementia tour is face to face. And so we've come up with some some web trainings that kind of fill the gap until we can get back with people face to face. And we've implemented some additional um, cleaning protocols and, and safety for the dreams it was a difficult thing because dream discovery is normally done in person. Um, the dreams are normally in-person activities. Um, but what we found, and this was the best part of 2020 for me, is that when we put the call out for virtual volunteerism, everyone responded. We had uh, we have a program called Cards of Light, and normally we do it around holidays, but it can happen anytime. Last year, 20,000 cards went out to older adults in nursing homes and to the care staff in those nursing homes, just cheering them on and providing a, a little bit of smiles in their lives. Oh, that, and that's sweet. Yeah. there were s over 700 volunteers and volunteer groups that stepped up to do that over the course of the year. Um, my, so, uh, my son's school did something like that. I don't know if it was, with, I wonder if it was with you all now. I'll have to, I'll have to follow back up at the Waldorf school. They, uh, did a class project where they all wrote to um, to nursing homes and to, they got like a little bio on people and then wrote something to them. So it was not a pen pal directly, but it was more of a just a reach out, you know, card. Absolutely. Um, it's I, it's been heartwarming to see how people respond when they feel they can't do anything. Mm -hmm. They have been stepping up. Um, were you were you did the dream fulfillment slow down a lot or were you able to continue? Uh, we're still continuing dreams, um, different types. So we've had organizations step up to provide paint by number dreams. 
Hmm. I think we sent out 12,000 of those um, gifts of light. We had more nursing homes served this year than we did pre-COVID. And those are donated gifts and our uh, shopper elves and delivery elves that go out and take um, gifts to nursing homes where people don't necessarily have family members um, or the ability to receive gifts. Um, we've had packets of coloring books and craft packages and all kinds of things like that going out. We've also mm -hmm. had um, volunteer parades that go through the parking lot um, and celebrate the individuals who are living there, as well as um, chalk art on the windows. And um, even um, now I'm going to blank on the name, but That's hug okay. tunnels so that hugs can happen, but in a sanitary fashion. <laughs> so um, all kinds of things have continued to happen. We just altered what some of them were. Uh huh. Well, that's wonderful. Well, um, as, is there anything that, that uh, they've got coming up or anything else you want to share that maybe we didn't talk about here today? Uh, we actually are um, doing a series of caregiving um, mm. conversations over the course of this year. And we'll have that posted on our website. And they're, they're just conversations. Um, this next one is March 25th. And we're talking about, um, from a caregiver standpoint, taking your loved one to medical appointments or to get the vaccination and, and some of the, the things that come up and through the, um, the course of the conversation, kind of crowdsourcing the answers to, to what we do. Ah, that's great. Well, as someone who has an 85 year old father, uh, that is very useful. <laughs> so, uh, well, cool. Well, thanks so much for your time today and sharing about second wind dreams folks. I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to tell you again, right there on the window, you see it there. Just go ahead and go to secondwind.org, learn about the organization, and as always, consider making a donation if you can. Uh, get involved if you can, volunteering. There's it sounds like there's lots of different ways to get involved. So um, i going to thank you so much. Before I let you go, though, I always ask my guests to recommend a future guest for Coffee Connections. Is there someone that you'd like to recommend? An Atlanta nonprofit innovator. Absolutely. Um, Matthew Piper is the executive director for Open Hand Atlanta. And it is a Meals on Wheels organization. Um, it is a very creative organization. And um, he is he's an innovator all over the place. So it's nice. my pleasure to recommend him. Yeah, I'd very much like to uh, I look forward to that conversation, especially now that I uh, uh, now that I'm actually working on getting meals on wheels for my father in <laughs> South Florida. Um, but awesome. Well, folks, th please do visit the website. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back uh, on Thursday. Uh, Gwyneth, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and thank keep you. up the good work. Thank you. All right, bye, everyone.